powered by Sports Interaction, yeah. Canada Sports Blog. Is that on? Yeah, it's on. They can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Leafs fans. Uh, Harnish and Armand here with you today, live after the Leafs finished taking on the Wild in a, a very heart... Uh, I, I clenched throughout the entire time, especially the last like 15 seconds. Holy crap, what, what happened? Nail-biter. But, yeah, that was... Dude, if I had to deal with another overtime <laughs> game, I would have freaked out. Yeah. I think yeah. We're, we're what? Like, we've had three or four overtime games so far, and we've, like, lost, four, like, three of them or something on our game yeah, over. the ones we covered? Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> we, we have some insane luck game over. Thank you, Murray, for preventing Yeah, Murray that. saved our asses <laughs> there. That was such a good save. Yeah. But here, we're, we're here live. Um early this is an early early game i get that the timberwolves are playing tonight i think they're playing in minnesota that's why but this should be illegal man 2 a.m games 2 p.m 2 p.m 2 a.m p.m <laughs> man I, I don't feel like i'm awake you know i had a test this morning i was up at like 3 a.m last night studying for it i am how'd that go by the way we don't talk about that. Don't talk about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm zooked out of my mind. <laughs> Honestly, the, the scariest part about these early games is not knowing if I'm even going to be up. But uh, it's a scary bet to take. But for all your other betting, <laughs> your oh betting my God. needs, you can do so at Sports Interaction. Uh, think you know uh, what way is it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Um, head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 and older, please play responsibly. How good was that? What was that transition? That was a beautiful transition. Tell me that wasn't great. But... All right, Armand, let's take a step back. Um, we have to start off the show by yes. uh, by, by by talking about Borier Solomon. Um, Borier unfortunately passed away yesterday um, at the age of, of 71. Um, as many of you guys know, he was diagnosed with ALS earlier this year. Um, and just like two weeks ago, he was he was out there on center ice um, when the Leafs paid tribute to him. Um and honored him right uh i i just can't believe the way that that it kind of turned right it's it's just been two weeks and you saw him up there with sittler you saw him with sundin you saw him wave and you saw him getting emotional and emotional and 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 looking like he was in tears right when he got that standing ovation and and the passion the love that he he had and and that the least fans showed him was was fantastic on one hand it's it's great that we were able to give him a tribute and honor him while he was still um with us right um but the other hand like it's it's such a shame to see like oh man uh it's, it's a shame to see him uh to see how bad like or how quickly ALS got to him, right? It's just been under. Yeah. It's just been a year now, right? And and he was diagnosed in July, bad. like yeah. not even a year. Like it's it's it, tough. it happened quick, and you know the only thing like we can do is hope that it was, you know, not painful for him yeah. as much as it could be with ALS, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm very glad that he saw how celebrated he was mm-hmm. you know not only from the organization and the fans but the entire city the country international Listen, like, hockey nhl like, hockey in general i mean he was a swedish legend right like yeah apart from from all the accolades that you could throw out there the, the assist leader for the leafs the fourth in, in points right um the first swedish um all, uh, hockey hall of fame inductee right just the 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 what he represented for Swedish hockey is you can't forget the legacy that's there and, and nobody will forget it right and you see it with all of our Swedish players as well like you see it with with Willie and you see it with um oh well, well Willie actually he he talked about this specifically right he yeah. said he said um it's been hard to process <clears throat> just found out and it's very upsetting uh just saw him a few weeks ago and it's crazy to see how fast he went right and yeah. um yeah, it's just tough. It's tough yeah. seeing seeing that happen. Yeah. It's good to see the Leafs. I mean, um, 
put it wearing the Boria patch. I'm, I'm happy that they were able to bring that up quickly. Yeah, it's a beautiful right? patch. Yeah. And it looks fantastic. There's a lot of people online talking about having this a special jersey uh, with the patch up for sale with proceeds going to ALS. I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, but yeah, I, it, we got to pay tribute to Boria. He's been uh, yeah. a legend. And, he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't just a great player. You know, he was an ambassador for the sport. He was a great person by all accounts. And uh, yeah, he deserves all the praise he gets. He deserves to be revered and celebrated. And, you know, you see it with the Swedish tributes that were happening happening in, you know, SHL games and how a, a, a chant happened during an SHL game from the fans, you know, chanting Borea. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's very celebrated and rightfully so, you know, not only by the Leafs, but all of hockey in general. And uh, it's just sad to see him go so soon you know yeah too young definitely definitely um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to transition off of that but let's let's talk a little bit about the game today right um the leafs took on the wild in a interesting game to say the least i mean the two goals that we had early on or um our, our first <laughs> yeah. two goals were just just whack especially that second goal um did you see how how Flurry's reaction was when when that yeah. goal even went in? He had no idea that the goal was in. He thought he had on the pads, and as soon as all the cheering or, or the boon happened, uh, he started looking for it, like where is it? Right? It just yeah. seemed like he was rightfully unlucky. mad at himself. Yeah. After that, I think he yeah. broke a stick on that, and then like there was that other tripping penalty and all that. Like Flurry just had a tough time out there today. Yeah, it was a it was a weird game in that the goals that we scored, especially to start, were uh, they weren't necessarily the best or most good looking goals. I I do think that we worked pretty hard for them. Like uh, they showed on the, the on the broadcast, like what led up to that second goal, and the the shot itself wasn't that great. But the breakout, the forecheck to get the puck back and just get the shot off was really clean work from the Leafs. So yeah. uh, they were rewarded. I, If I was a Wild fan, I'd be pretty upset with Fleury uh, for those first, at least the second goal uh, for them. It mm-hmm. wasn't very good. And, you know, in a one goal game, that ends up costing you pretty hard, right? Yeah, so. and it's, it's surprising because going into the game, right, <clears throat> um, the Leafs and the Wilds, throughout the season they've been two of the lowest scoring five on five teams right they've struggled yeah. playing in five on five hockey um it's funny because although that that is a downfall for the least that that is a a sour point they've been playing great defense um and also the wild have just come off of a massive like 61 win against the winnipeg jets so yeah. it, it was interesting to see how this game was going to turn out because you see two historic or two teams that are not offensively the best this season thus far um one's playing really good defensively one just came off of a high scoring high like octane game and to see the clash happen uh it was just pure chaos out there honestly yeah there's a lot of moments where you just had no idea what was going on i mean like the first two goals i blinked and like i the second goal i completely missed i blinked looked away for a second i'm just like wow it's in the back of the net what happened there? yeah you weren't expecting that to go in for sure <laughs> exactly and you know you also add on to the fact like all the injuries we have and you know reeves coming into his first game there was a lot of yeah. unknowns coming into this game for both teams i think mm-hmm. uh so it was very uh interesting to see things play out you know we had <laughs> mete and hollowell out you know both guys are five nine getting absolutely physically like hurt by reeves but they they, they kind of stood up and, and, and took it uh but yeah it was it was an interesting game for sure yeah i mean that that play along the boards i think this is in the third period where um they were both just getting uh getting manhandled out there by by the reason exactly <laughs> the, the I mean, these guys are guys, two yeah. massive hulking people just looking down but but to the credit of the leafs defense i mean they they stuck at it they, they caught they got rocked pretty hard i think they got they got uh, uh they got pushed down pretty bad but i mean they stuck at it they they kept gnawing away at, and then they they were the ones that were able to get uh they were the exit ones to keep possession exactly yeah exited yeah. with them yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah they won so, a puck battle yeah after getting like absolutely destroyed with the check so it's good to see. I thought uh, like Hall- Hollowell had a really good game. Mm-hmm. I think Mete on the on the second goal against us. Uh, you know, we were talking about it. I think he lost coverage when he went up high. Obviously, Tavares as well on that play wasn't the best in terms of the back check. But uh, other than that, I thought they were actually pretty solid. Mete had a really good chance that came off of a slap shot. Uh, I think sometime in the second period, and it created a ton of chaos, which ended up getting us a power play. Um, so yeah, just really good games that you'd like to see from a 
you know, young guys were a little green, like, you know, going into it, I wasn't necessarily confident in putting them in as a pairing just because, you know, neither of them have a ton of experience, at least on the Leafs. Um, Paul Wells, like in his second game, and they're both pretty small against a big, big team. Yeah, you know, so I was I was a bit worried that they might get a little manhandled, especially in front of the net. But I actually thought they they fared fairly well. Um, yeah, they they like won the expected goals. Uh, you know, when they were on the ice with ten minutes of five v five play, that's that's solid. That's pretty much what you possibly could ask out of your like tenth and eleventh D man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's tough position to be in. Um. So, yeah, I, I was actually very impressed with them. I, I thought they did a fantastic job today, uh, Mete and Hall, Hallwell. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, in the second period, I think it, that was uh, that was when Sandine <clears throat> took a, a weird uh, a weird fall where it, it looked like he, he stepped on a stick and then he kind of, um, yeah, yeah it, it, what do you call it? Um, he kind of did the splits. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. He kind of did the and splits. Was, and it looked like he pulled his groin. Yeah. yeah. He, he and during that those two minutes where where he waddled down to the bench and looked like he was in a lot of pain, I was was nervous because think about it. I mean, we're we're sitting or we're in a situation where a lot of our top demon are gone. Right. We have yeah. we have uh, Riley who's injured. We have Brody. We have Muzzin. We have uh, Jordy Ben on on the um, LTIR as well. We yeah. are really Decimated. scraping. Yeah, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel to try to find some guys. And we'll talk about um, uh, Timmins uh, that we recently signed, right? But traded I, for. yeah, we traded for. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. But I'm. Um, I was really not hoping to see him on the lineup this early. But if Sandine got injured, hey, we might have had to, right? I think um, he will get up in the li- in, in the lineup. I, I don't know, like, do you think what right they're... off the bat. Well, we'll talk. I don't, about... I don't know what their confidence is in Hollowell, but yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it later. Um, yeah, Sandine going down there would have been brutal, like absolutely brutal. Especially mm-hmm. because, like, you know, we're running thin on like all defensemen, but like with Riley Brody. You know, if Sandine goes down, Muzzin, Ben, those are all left shot guys. And I don't know how comfortable our right shot guys are at playing the left side. You know, it's usually <laughs> the other way around because we have so many left shot D, but all of them are injured right now. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 a tough uh, position to be in if Sandine went down. I'm very glad that he got up and finished the game. And he, he didn't look like he missed a beat either. Like when he was on the shift the next time after after he skated off, he he made a really good hit and got a scoring chance and then even at the end of the game you know when they had the net pulled he he had a, like a a very old school hip check mm-hmm. uh which took away a chance it, he didn't look like he missed a beat at all which is really good to see because even though he came back the shift after i was still kind of like worried because even ben came back the shift after and then when the third period started he was out again you know yeah. so it's a bit scary uh you know to see him you know kind of in pain especially where we are right now but uh just glad that everything's okay hopefully yeah and, definitely. Uh, we don't have to worry about getting another defenseman <laughs> for sure for sure um another topic that a lot of people in the chat have been talking about as well as matthews right matthews has been yeah. snake bitten right he's playing good hockey in the sense that when he's on the ice he's not a negative asset out there he's playing well defensively he's able to move the puck around he's able to make plays right but it just seems like he's been a little snake bitten when it comes to getting the 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 puck in the back of the net right especially on his five on five play i mean this this game in particular we saw a couple chances where where matthews just outright fanned on the on the shot or he just he just had a little bit wide right now we look back at last year where matthews whatever he touched it was going to the back of the net right um and i'm trying to figure out what happened right i know i know he he had an injury right um but but still the the it seems like something is up with him i'm not sure what it seems like it might be a mental thing where um all the stats prove that he should be in a better position than he is right now but do you think that that there is something something uh so, something else that needs to be looked at or do you think he's just he's just unlucky and you just have to give it time with these kind of things it's that's a good question it's tough because it's 22 games in you know that's not that's no longer a short span of time but at the same time we know what the way is. the league yeah 
Well, yeah, the like, season. Sorry. Yeah, it's quarter of the way through the season. And but we know what Matthews is. You know, he's played many games before that. We know his finishing talent. Mm-hmm. We know a bunch of stuff in terms of like how good his shot is. I don't think anything is wrong per se. However, I do think he might be mentally maybe just a, a millisecond off because of the slump. You know what I mean? Sure. And the, maybe the timing is off. He had a few great chances, you know, this game too. And they just went, you know, they went high, you know? So, um, or he fanned on it that one time in the third period. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's way, way below his expected goals in terms of total goals. Like his expected goals is sitting around like 19 and he has 13 goals on the season. Yeah. And most of that is power play. You know, his 5v5 expected goals differential is even way higher but he's still generating at an like elite rate like uh i'm gonna pull up a tweet from michael blake mccurdy who does the hockey viz you know with matthews on the ice he's generating over 28 percent above the average expected goals per 60 that's elite numbers and you know you could have no finishing talent and you'd still be closer to where he where his expected goals are at than than he is right now Mm -hmm. so part of it is just unlucky and that luck will eventually shift as soon as he gets going he's not going to stay at that rate uh you know for the entire season i think i think it's just a matter of him getting the monkey off his back and getting a shot like an actual shot on 5v5 in that looks like a matthew shot and then he'll get going yeah. um sorry yeah. go ahead yeah no that, that that's it okay. uh, like i i just think it's a matter of time really yeah i think he's doing everything right i think the one good thing uh to see though is the fact that the rest of the the top four um is showing up right i mean there was a stat that we saw today um on the broadcast where uh at this point in the season um the top four has 89 points shared amongst them while last year it was 69 right um so seeing the other guys contributing and picking up the the slack, I guess, uh, if you can even call it that, is is really nice to see, right? I mean, like Tavares and, and Willie are playing phenomenal. Or Marner is on that that fifteen point uh, streak. Yeah. Like they they're all picking up the pace. They're all playing really well. And I guess once you see Matthew start putting the the puck in the back of the net, it's just gonna get even better, right? Yeah. So I'm not too too worried in that sense. But again, we are. We are still heavily relying on the top four, and if if a lot of, or let's say if, if multiple of them slump at the same time, that is going to be a concern uh, later on in the season, right? For yeah, now, we are we're, a top heavy team. Exactly. For for now, we're we're still a quarter way through the season. We're seeing some of the guys picking up the slack. We're seeing um, Matthews not being relied so heavily on. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they can carry this through. Uh, the rest of the season and and moving further on to the playoffs as well right yeah the thing is like even without Matthews you still have two 11 million dollar guys out there you know what I mean like (laughs) the talent on this team like I think people forget you know because because of the playoffs and stuff like that I think people forget the the amount of high-end talent that's on this team Mm -hmm. you know Matthews doesn't necessarily need to be on a 60 goal pace for this team to succeed um if he is that'd be great but you know last year you know, there were talks about Tavares being washed. You know what I mean? And now he's on a torrid pace. It's like players go through slumps. You know, they're going to have down years. They're going to have years where they put up record numbers. You know, Tavares was like two seasons off of a 47 goal season. And now he's like suddenly washed. It's like, no, no, <laughs> no, that's not how it works. Like, he'll be fine. And it's, it, it, we talk about this all the time, but he's he's putting up some of the best numbers he has in his career in Toronto as well, right? Like, yeah, it's not like, like he's slumping by any acting means. like he's like putting up 20% of the production that he did on the Islanders when it's even better. It's, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense, man. But yeah, it's, uh, we've got, we've got high-end players. And I know that Matthews isn't putting the biscuit in the basket, but at the same time, like, he's still playing well mm-hmm. and even without his production we're still managing to to score with our other three superstar players that are on this team yeah. uh we need him to play well to do well in the playoffs so i'm not going to say it's not a concern but also it'll i think it'll work out he's austin matthews and he's still generating it's not like he's playing badly you know what i mean yep definitely now let's transition our focus a little bit outside of our, our top six if you can even say that because Kerf has uh has slotted into that top six role quite a couple of times uh but yeah let's talk about Kerf, right because 
it's no surprise or it's it's no surprise saying that he he is a, a weak point in this lineup partially because you don't really know what his identity is right we've talked about him saying that that or we've talked about him being a math or being a a a good overall player in terms of uh being able Sliding to slot into anywhere. all the different positions but we really need a consistent player that's going to be playing in his position and playing in his position very well, right? Kerf has been thrown around in the top line, the second line, third, fourth. He's been thrown around everywhere. Yeah, right. His identity is essentially being a person who's just good at everything, but not great at everything. You know, not great at one thing, I should say. Exactly. So he's just kind of all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So when when it comes to Kerf, I mean, we we I think we still need to look for something outside of him, but. It's it's interesting because um, I think I, I'm not sure what uh, what Keefe's I guess like identity or what he really wants to do with Kerf or the position in general is supposed to be because you can see the variance in in like Nick Robertson being slaughtered out for Wayne Simmons. I guess I understand that that um, the Wilder a bigger and tougher team, right? So you wanted to have a bigger guy out there in Simmons, but I yeah. think Robertson brings a lot more offensively um, that. The, the team just really needs right and they kind of lack with uh with simmons out there on the floor right we talked about the leafs being um one of the lowest five and five production teams right our scoring teams um yeah. i think robertson is a step in the right direction for that right and bringing simmons out is kind of uh an interesting play but yeah like what do you think needs to happen with this lineup right because there are kind of holes there are kind of positions that we need to fix with Kerfoot yeah. and then figuring out what we're going to do with Robertson right yeah what do you really think that that needs to happen right and what do you think Keith needs to nail down on okay yeah I have a couple thoughts on this so firstly Kerfoot is getting too much money for what he is I think at 3.5 million we could find something but yeah I, I tweeted out that like the McCann thing I know it's been talked about a bunch but that would have really solved a lot of problems if we could have kept McCann uh-huh. You know, he's cost controlled from ages 26 to 31 at $5 million. That's that's more value. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's a good top six player. And we're talking right now about having a hole in our top six left wing. It would have been. But, you know, hindsight 2020. Um, but yeah, so the the first thing I want to discuss right now is is like Simmons being put in over Robertson and Malkin. Uh I was a bit angry about it. At the start, I do think Simmons had a had a great game. To be honest, I don't oh, yeah. think he played badly at all. I, I thought... mean, he showed his his great hands during that one play, keeping yeah. it, keeping it in and trying to get a, a shot on goal. But yeah, it, yeah, he played sure. well. But in general, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't and I think he was put solution. in partly because they didn't want to put Robertson and uh, or Morgan in, who are both smaller players who probably wouldn't fare well physically against a. A bigger Minnesota Wild team, so maybe that played a factor into it, and it could also just be a factor of you know let's get Simmons a game. Like you know he hasn't played. It could just be like put him in for a game, keep him, keep him like you know, um, what's it called? Engaged so that you have that competition internally, and you know you can slot out Robertson or Morgan every once in a while to light a fire under them or something like that. The problem I had with it is Robertson kind of came off of a really good game. You know what I mean? Like against the devils, I thought he played really well. Um, So I don't like him not being rewarded for good play, but another factor to consider here is they may have just wanted to try yarn croak in that top six position. And they didn't think that Robertson was suitable for the bottom six, Mm -hmm. which is probably what happened because I will say, Yarncroak did fantastic today. Not only with just the goal, expected goals, he was sitting at like 90%. That whole line was sitting at around 90%. In fact, our entire top six was pretty much. But Yarncroak gelled perfectly with Tavares and Marner. And um, he had great results on that line. And I'm curious to see if they're going to go back to that again. And then maybe try that out for a bit because it, it honestly worked pretty well. I'm, I'm curious to see how long that lasts. Uh, Cause yeah, it was just a really good, like it, it was a move that I, I sort of criticized originally because I didn't think Robertson should be taken out, but it worked out because Yarncroke really worked well in that spot. And I don't mm-hmm. think our bottom six suffered with having see, Simmons in it. Don't you think the fact that they're playing with Marner and Tavares, <clears throat> who are who are playing some of the best hockey that they've they're playing that they've played in their whole life, right? They're they're playing really really good hockey right now. They're gelling really well together. Just adding someone in there is just naturally going to bring up their 
their uh their play right it didn't so, help kerfoot kerfoot had one goal okay, but we're talking about on the kerfoot, power play right? for i think if games. you if you talk about robertson versus yarn um played up there i feel like both of them could play could have similar offensive upside right they could have similar offensive upside but i yeah. think the issue at least with keith and robertson is he does not trust him defensively enough to play in the top six yet and i don't mm-hmm. think he wants to utilize that line in a solely offensive role okay. i think he, he he definitely wants to run four lines deep where he doesn't have to so the like word Scott wheeler see... said this as well when yeah we had him on about like not wanting to work around a uh, a line you know what i mean mm-hmm. like so wanting then, to be comfortable where yeah, do you think that where do you think we slot in robertson at that point because right now we, we talked about this and about this as well right where robertson is in a weird position where he's not getting the um uh he's not getting the minutes in the ahl he's not getting the minutes in the nhl he's getting infrequent minutes in the nhl um where would you see him slot in then because a lot of the the bottom six lines right they are also going to be there's going to be times where yeah. the bottom six line is going to be against the top lines or, or, or are going to play very um tough minutes against like a tough uh side right and robertson yeah. is is very small too right so he might get bullied around or or shoved around yeah. here and there too right so do you think that is necessarily the solution as well no 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 i think yeah. you play robertson in the top six but i mm-hmm. also think that when robertson sits a game or you know needs practice or whatever like i don't think robertson's a full-time player uh in the league right now and i I think he's young enough where development is still you know a part of his game you know what i mean like he's developing we're not he's young like he's really young so i think people are being a little too steadfast with him being out sometimes uh i do want him to play games of course but uh when he's out i do think my point is don't put kerfoot there (laughs) <laughs> put there and put Kerfoot on the third line. I think like Kerfoot just, just needs to be traded in general. He, I, he I just, agree, but yeah, I, yeah, I 100% agree. I, I would rather trade him at this point and use that uh, cap space to get a certified top six winger, uh-huh. but um, or someone on defense potentially, depending on how injured we still are. <laughs> but um, when they're all come back healthy, though, we're gonna be in trouble having <laughs> so many defensemen. Yeah, we're gonna have like 11 nhl like d-men who play yeah the game and you gotta you gotta make sure you, you keep the cap available for uh for riley too when he comes back right the, yeah these these are guys that, that take a big cap hit as well right but yeah so, it is a hard yeah. hard spot to to find for robertson right now on the Leafs. uh but i think like when he plays he'll play on that that same position top six left wing okay and i think he'll like, I don't think Yarn Croak is 100% going to stay there. Mm-hmm. I just think that it worked this game, yep. and it'd be nice to see it for an extended period of time. Okay. But I also want to see, Ro- like, I want to see Robertson and Yarn Croak sort of trade that position. I My point is, I don't want to see Kerfoot there. That's not really <laughs> all I'm saying. Got it. Kerfoot does not deserve to be there. <laughs> Kerfoot, all right. It shouldn't be there. It's perfect. All, I'm all right. And, and, Everyone, um, while we have you here, remember, make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, tweet out at us um, and uh, hit the follow, uh, follow button. I mean, um, there's a lot of great shows that we here have here on SDPN. If you hit the bell icon, you can get notified when we go live or when any of our shows are, are live or, or we put up new content, right? Um, and you can also watch the podcast on, on all of our different podcast platforms, right? Um, okay. Go buy SDPN merch. It's great. There you go. Yes, this is actually a Black Friday sale. You can go ahead and, and find some some great merch there. I think they, yes. they released some new uh, new game over specific merch as well, which is really there, cool. Yeah, there's a there's a code for Black, Black Friday, and I, I forget what it is, but it's there. <laughs> Robert, if you it. know it, you can yeah. <laughs> link it down there. Uh, but yeah, let, let's shift our focus a little bit towards Connor Timmons, because he is our newest trade, I guess. Um, and <laughs> another Sue uh, Greyhound, right? I mean, yeah. Dubas I mean, loves his about. Greyhounds. He loves his do you, Greyhounds. Do you think it's an issue? I was listening to the SDP today, and they were talking about like, let's okay. First, let's break down, uh, break down who yeah. he is, and then we'll talk about that because I think we need to focus on on Timmons more, um, and then we can we can obviously talk about the rest, right? But um, yeah, this, this trade we traded Curtis Douglas, who was a center for the Marlies, and a one 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 for one for for Connor Timmons, right? Um, let's talk about who who these guys were, right? Douglas for us was a big center. He had a great season last year. He got like twenty four points in the season for the Marlies. He struggled this year. Uh, I think he has like one point in thirteen games. Timmons, on the other hand, is a right-handed demon, which we currently need because we have so many damn injuries. <laughs> um, but Timmons, I mean, he he was drafted in 2017, and he was a highly touted prospect. I mean, 
he yeah. was drafted i believe uh 30th or 32nd overall in that 2017 draft and he was used in that um as a trade and chip in that darcy kemper uh yeah. a trade that landed yeah landed at the abs darcy kemper right um but yeah he, he's a, he's a a very highly talented player i mean he, during his time uh for the greyhounds he was fantastic he put up 61 points and 41 points um in his final two seasons for the greyhounds but he was kind of hampered with injuries he had a concussion in 2018 um 2019 was out the whole season and then since coming back he's he's missed a lot of games he's been inconsistent with his uh um uh, with his availability right yeah so we're kind of getting a a project player, right? He had a lot of process. Uh, uh, he had a lot of upside. He he was a highly touted defenseman. You know what? He kind of sounds like Lilligren. He he was really touted as as a high octane, like great draft pick. And because of injuries or whatever, he was he was hampered in his development, right? Yeah. Now I think his injuries all, are a little worse than Lilligren's. To be fair. yeah, I mean he's he's had the concussion. He's had a lot of issues. Yeah. But I mean I. Th- think there's a lot of upside there i'm not mad about the trade um whether curtis douglas i guess like i guess to be anything exactly yeah i mean well, that's there's still lots that to be uh there's a lot there to be said still curtis douglas i think is like two years younger than him yeah he's uh, 22 as well. yeah so there's still some time but i think connor timmons has some good upside if the leafs are able to develop him well and then just help him stay healthy there's a lot of uh there's a lot of um what's the word i'm looking for uncertainty uncertainty and also stuff you need to develop what was it rehab conditioning conditioning that's the word yeah there's a lot of conditioning that you need to focus on over there right so yeah. first of all let's talk about what your thoughts are on the timmons pickup and then we'll go into the fact that dubis has this love relationship with the suits <laughs> <laughs> yeah like Health is the biggest factor for Connor Timmons. He's he like very much was a highly touted prospect, and he was really good in the Avalanche system as well. Uh, and then he, he was sort of just Sandine's got injured. Old partner, yes, good yeah, call. Yeah, Sandin's old partner in the Sioux. Uh, so yeah. there's familiarity with him in the system, uh, at least with Dubis and Keith, um, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think what this comes down to is like the first thing is what is Curtis Douglas? You know, he's a six nine guy, very big. He plays on like the fourth line in the AHL, but it, I think the question comes down to what can he become? Because to me, his ceiling sort of stops at NHL fourth line center. Yeah. Just because his skating, like it just isn't that great. Yeah. And so his, his upside is very limited in my opinion, even if he gets there, you know, there, there's always potential for him to turn into like a Mason Marchment or something like that. And just kill it like obviously we don't know but i just don't see that upside uh in in a guy like curtis douglas i know a lot of people are kind of mad that we gave up a six nine forward or whatever but you know i just i don't want to say like that he's worse or anything like that than timmins i just think his upside is worse and so i'm fully on board with taking a risk into a guy who we can develop and actually have a pretty big impact obviously timmins is a little older he's 24 so he's not necessarily at that prospect age anymore. But Still with the injuries, not that old, yeah, not that especially old. Especially for with, a defenseman, right? Yeah, and with the injuries, you know, like that sets you back. You know, so that's a bigger uh, issue. I, yeah, so I think that um, you know, it's a good bet to make. And the most important thing is, what do we need? Centers or right D more? Right now, it's right D. Right now, yeah, but when everybody gets healthy again. I still think it's right D. You think so? Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you can get a, a future project in right D, like we're not going to keep think that's Justin the Hall biggest... forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Like he's he's a prospect for the future, right? Where he's not a prospect for, I, I don't think he, if we have everyone he's, healthy, he's, an he's not at this year's. Yeah. yeah he's, he's an RFA at the end of the season. So he's more... someone you want to retain. Exactly. And, exactly. And at the end of the day, like I would much rather retain a high-end prospect right D man than a uh you know oh um, definitely in terms of a one a, on one for yeah. one player like if you that's compare I mean. them like we didn't yeah we didn't give much up is what i'm trying to say in terms of like the value we got back mm-hmm. uh so that's the first thing i really do like the the bet we made on connor timmons uh and yeah i don't think douglas is a huge loss i i think he's gonna be a good ahl player and if he makes the nhl i think he'll be a decent bottom six 
yeah. for a uh, decent fourth liner who the weird thing about Douglas is like if you've watched him play he's big but he's not that aggressive you know what I mean like <laughs> uh-huh. he sort of reminds me a little bit of like Frederick Frederick Gauthier in, in that way uh in that like like Frederick Gauthier was like six five but he didn't hit that much yeah you know he didn't fight or hit that much I, th- I think Curtis Douglas kind of falls in the same category where he's big and he uses his physicality well within games but he's not this like hit everything mindset like he's not like a tom wilson who'll just truck anyone that comes along you know what i mean and i think that's kind of something that that's kind of born with you you can't really teach that that kind of aggression right there's only (laughs) you can't teach that tie dome kind of (laughs) aggression in someone Uh, yeah i think the, the biggest factor is his skating his skating is just not at an nhl level and he's old enough where i think it's 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 an issue now mm-hmm. like for for his development i do think he needs to fix that but yeah connor timmons i love the pickup i i think he's gonna get games pretty soon you yeah. know um after a few practices probably i hope not though honestly because i, I hope think he does i want to see him no but the, the thing is like even this season let me pull up his uh his his uh stats in the meantime but i i don't think he's he's gonna be healthy enough like let me uh yeah yeah I, you don't want to put him in a position where he's playing like top four minutes like yeah off a concussion so this, or anything like that this year like, he's gonna he's get a conditioning played... stint because yeah, he yeah. just came off a conditioning stint didn't he he, he played two NHL? he played two games this uh this year for the coyotes and he played six for the roadrunners so again and he he didn't look well in either of them i'm, I'm looking at plus or minus obviously isn't the best indication but his plus minus is minus 10 during this in what? His stint for the roadrunners in the ahl okay. right um I don't think he's ready, and I and looking back in this past couple of seasons, he hasn't had a lot of time or, or a lot of games under him. I think he needs not only that condition instant, but he also needs some just like more time in the Marlies to get get used. Can't to go the to the Marlies though. The waivers uh, he didn't oh, get picked up on fuck. waivers. Yeah, the reason we got him was because like I don't know what you do with him then. Uh, I right think you now. play him. He's better. He's he's going to be better than Hollowell. What if he gets injured though? Because you're 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 well, kind of he might not be better than Mete, but he's going to be better than Hollowell. But you're you're kind of hoping that he develops into a good prospect long term, right? If you if you're playing him and let's say he's not ready and he he, I don't want to say get gets injured, but he's just let's say he just doesn't look good out there, and yeah, maybe something happens. Right, you're you're risking his his upside in the long term for for him to be slotted in right now. I think you bring up some other guys. You you let Meta. You let you I, just I, let Hollowell up you trust out there. The doctors like... though, you you trust the doctors in terms of especially oh, yeah, with yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Like yeah. we've been pretty good about. The doctors sure. and I mean, there's there's smarter people in the organization than yeah. us, right? Yeah, exactly. but I, I like, mean, from the outside looking in, I just don't think he's had enough minutes under him where he he gets the slot. What I predict I will happen is he'll do a few practices. The thing is, like Mac Hollowell, I don't think he requires waivers. I might be wrong on that, but I don't think he requires waivers. And mm-hmm. he played a great game today. I think he's a good player and I think he will be an NHL defenseman. I actually really am high on Mac Hollowell yeah. um, more so than others. But at the same time, Connor Timmins is, I think, the better player right now. Mm-hmm. And I do think that we traded with we traded for him, think like knowing his health uh and his ability to play games in the near future. Yeah. Like I yeah. do think he's gonna get games in very soon. Mm-hmm. And um you know, obviously, we're never gonna like. I'm not. I'm not gonna go in thinking he'll get injured. It's obviously a concern. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you kind of just have to roll with it where we are right now. Yeah, I just hope they and, give him the situation enough, we are. Yeah, I, I hope they give him enough lead up time where he's able to get his feet under him. Because again, he yeah, he's playing with Dubis again, right? But there's a whole new system that he needs to get acclimated yeah. to, right? He's going to be in a different position, he's, or not position, but he's going to be in, employed in a different strategy the way that keeps sees fit, right? It's going to take him time to get used to that, get his feet under him, get the skates going, and just get warmed up. I I think he's going to require some time. We'll we'll see though. I, I mean it's going to be if he does pan out and he does play good hockey i mean it's going to be great and yeah I think, any value any nhl value we can get out of this trade is going to be exactly value anyway exactly. like i i wasn't expecting curtis douglas to play in the nhl this year you know what i mean so yeah, yeah i i'm excited for him i yeah. i really like that trade i think it's a low risk high upside move 
that uh, gives us a little bit of flexibility in terms of allowing... Because you also have to think about the Marlies. Like, the Marlies don't have D-Men right now either. Uh-huh. Half of their squad is literally on the Leafs right now. Isn't it interesting to see how many people we've called up and, like, <laughs> had to rely on because of injuries? Yeah, it's it's like, wild. And, like... I, I wish that we could have uh, seen Petrozelli up there. Connor Timmons might get a shot now. I mean, uh, Hollowell, then... Um, crawl crawl mete yeah like ben. well mete he's played a ton yeah he's played in the nhl still, before but yeah. still it, it's just it it's been fun seeing seeing all these guys get a shot out there um so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens with that but let's talk about dubis and his uh his love for his sues man <laughs> i mean he hired yeah. another guy from the greyhounds he's He's really, really loving his 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 greyhounds, right? Like he, yeah. I mean, seems... we we knew this already. I mean, the 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 thing that was brought up in the SDP is like, uh, um, you know, they were bringing up like, is it a bad thing? To yeah, I think Jesse was mentioning yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it would be, I think, like this is just my thoughts on it. I think it would be a bad thing if it sh- if it was like a bias. But then you look at the 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 roster of players that he got from the Sioux mm-hmm. and they're, they're good. They're yeah. like undervalued value pieces for us. Like, and part of that is probably Dubis having some familiarity with those players and understanding that they're undervalued on contract. Well, I think that's the biggest you know? thing, right? He's worked. Yeah. He's, he's kind of seen them develop and he's, he's been actively part of the process of, of bringing them in or, or, or getting them set up. Right. Yeah, so, like not even considering like guys like Joe Thornton or Wayne Simmons, because obviously he wasn't. Yeah, they weren't. <laughs> they weren't playing in the suit when Dubis was there. I think Dubis would have been like five. <laughs> so yeah. um, I mean, but, uh, but look at Bunton. You look at Sandine. Yeah. Uh, even like uh, Campbell. Like there, there's Campbell, been a yeah. lot of guys. Campbell became that our had. starting goaltender. Like I know a lot of people look back at Campbell and be like, "Oh, you know that the contract that Edmonton had was a mistake," which is true. Like obviously, he's mm-hmm. not fer- faring very well right now, mm-hmm. but. He was our starting goaltender, and he for was one point six five well. million dollars in cap. Yeah, and he he played that phenomenal value during, yeah. during the time that he he played Vesna for for a, a lot or for, like for a couple months, months there. Yeah, yeah, he he looked like he was Vesna caliber, right? And, and yeah, he he was still he serviceable have, out there regardless. Yeah, and he may have decreased in in terms of like what his value was for us over time, but we got we traded for him to back up. And at $1.65 million, we got value. And for bunting at 800 k or whatever he's getting it, value. The only person to not work out is Nick Ritchie. And we, and Dubis like cut the leash on him 20 games into the season. Like that's not that to me, that's not biased. To me, that's not him holding on to players that played in the Sioux and being like this, like he's better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's yeah. better than his value. Like to me, that's him recognizing value from p- players that, he can like work around the cap with yeah yeah i don't think he has an attachment to these guys more so as he knows what they are and knows that they're currently undervalued within cap plus i i don't think it's it's even a bad thing because he since he knows these players and he's worked with them right it's a good thing i don't think we should be we should be um looking at it as a as a downfall of dubis right i mean it's an asset he he played or he he worked with a bunch of guys on a great Sioux team. Like the Greyhounds are are a good team that are run very well, and being able to to have direct influence and direct um, analyst uh, analysis, I guess, of the players is is fantastic, right? It's just a positive, I guess, that you can have in our system. And and Dubis is a smart guy. I mean, he's a very analytical guy, as everyone knows, right? And I trust him to make the right decisions for the team. So whether it's bringing in more Sioux guys, if they pan out, they pan out. Who cares, right? Whether yeah. they're from the Sioux or, or from from this, like who cares? It doesn't matter as long as they're panning out and he's hit more jackpots than he than he has losses with these bets, right? Yeah, I, and I, I do understand like the the opinion that it's like, well, what if there is someone better out there? Mm-hmm. Like we, we've gotten so many Sioux players that, you know, you only have so many contract slots. What if there's something better that we aren't looking at because the Sioux player is there? And that's a fair point to be made. But my opinion is we don't know that. We have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. All we know is the signings that are made. Mm-hmm. We don't know what they tried and it will we'll never know. So there's no point in like speculating on that. 
And there's there's also other factors <laughs> other than the way that they play the game. Right? Or, or, yeah. yeah, other than the there's like mentality is a big factor. I mean, look at the okay. We'll, we'll make a quick default into the NBA, right? But when Scotty Barnes got got called up, um, was everyone was yeah. hating on on it. But they they thought that that um, what was the, the other guy? Um, green was it green? No, there was there's two other guys. What was the guy who got drafted other than uh, before Scotty Barnes? NBA draft. Regardless, there was other guys that were out there um, that it was Suggs, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs, yeah, Jalen Suggs, yeah. And he, uh, Scotty's better than him, exactly. And but it, it was it was a mentality issue where Masai. Well, it was rumored to be a mentality issue where Masai just didn't see the the dog in in Suggs, right? Um, so there's other factors in this other than than the way that they play the game and these scouts and analysts and, and our GMs they're gonna have the first look at this and they're gonna be able to understand these things better than the average viewer is right yeah so I just I think it's a, yeah I just think it's a little like overblown like I'd be really pissed off if he was doing it and it just consistently didn't work out yeah like then it then it's a then it's a huge issue because then you're like clearly showing a bias towards guys that aren't deserving of that like value but he's putting value in guys that end up like working out you know what i mean like it just seems weird that this is even a a talking point to me well i guess i get why it's a talking point because it's it is he is a really he's done it so many times like it's obviously there um but yeah i don't know it's just i do think it's not necessarily a negative per se but yeah it's a it, it is weird it keeps on happening but uh yeah, it is. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see um, how this pans out. I'm hoping for the best, right? Um, one quick thing that I, I saw in the comments and I did really want to give a shout out to uh, Matt Murray with the, with the net lifted has been oh, fantastic. By the really, way, he's really pushing it. Listen, he is really it wasn't it. it wasn't held in place properly. L- look at the the Wilds fan. She was yelling to put some epoxy out there. She was yelling at the Wilds arena to fix the issue. Oh, I loved seeing that. But yeah, hey, yeah, that was hilarious. I, I'm still on the boat that it was not Matt Murray's fault. <laughs> he touched it it went off all right i don't want to yeah, hear it <laughs> i mean they did they did fix it you know like they may i don't know what the refs were like i don't know what was wrong with the net but they did do something to it so it didn't get knocked over again because it did seem a little late but it's just funny because at in the devil's game it was like obviously a big deal when he knocked the net off um <laughs> and they were like calling for it to be a penalty it and then he like does it three, three times, times in this game three times the very Dude, next game but the wilds fan though oh she was amazing she was, was just hilarious. chirping <laughs> that was really hilarious um so yeah that was that was funny that was really funny <laughs> yeah, was there anything I, else we wanted to talk about okay let's touch on murray just for a second because okay. uh not only is he also a sue player but uh he's been phenomenal oh, for yeah. us and i thought you know like that last save that's a game oh, saver beauty, like we, beauty. we really broke down our structure there and we had a bad giveaway and he bailed our ass out uh-huh. you know with 14 seconds to go he bailed out game over to our nscp if, if dude if i had another ot loss <laughs> I, I am not going we won't have even shown up <laughs> yeah but hey, um, it'd have been just like the least they don't show up for fucking <laughs> ot's either <laughs> yeah but yeah murray bailed us out on that yeah, Murray Hands definitely out. He, he played well throughout the entire game. Even the goals that that the Wild did get on us, um, a lot of them I don't blame on on Murray. Right? They they took weird yeah. bounces, to weird deflections. Murray has been playing really really well, and it was also funny seeing Murray play it against uh, Flurry. I love that matchup whenever it happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Murray's Murray's been fantastic. Yeah, in this game, it won't show up very well on the stat sheet. Like you know, he let in three goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not going to like, he's not going to have a great save percentage or anything, okay. but I think he's also a very big reason that we won this game. You know, like he played yeah. fantastic. And when we needed the save, he made it. Yeah. He made some 10 bell saves, uh, this game, mm-hmm. some really, really solid ones. And so, you know, you look at that in, in, uh, in comparison with flurry and you see that second goal that he let in, you know, those can sewer you. And mm-hmm. to see Murray stand up to to a few grade A chances, especially at the end, there is a you know yeah, what I thought great. was the difference. I think if uh, if the 
if Flurry wasn't wearing that nasty ass wild jerseys, oh I hate it. it. Oh my god, he I was like, I'm probably the he one person like that, the that reverse doesn't like it. They in look Minnesota. so bad. They look like fucking highlighters. It's so nasty. I hate the colors. I don't understand how you can hate the colorway of the Minnesota North Stars, dude. I'm looking through all it's the literally retros. There's so many better jerseys out there. It's 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 one of the best ones. It's you're, disgusting. You're Look at okay. There's the Panthers. There's Montreal's blue looks looks amazing. I'm going oh, down the list. Oh God! Like, okay, Vegas looks it. good. All right, no, conclude. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> dude, the Wild jerseys are, it made me so mad. They're out so there. nice, so bad. It looked like a cheap knockoff jersey for. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I Anyways, think it's literally one of the like best jerseys in the reverse retro. I and it. I think a lot of people agree. Yeah, you I know a lot of people agree. I hate it. I don't care. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> listen tweet out at me i hate the jersey <laughs> anyways that's gonna do it from us we've already been here for like an hour holy crap we've been on oh, for we? a while it's like 50 minutes uh, i hope you guys enjoyed level it, times yeah i know <laughs> we did a lot but i hope you guys enjoyed the show i mean uh let us know in the comments uh what you think about about what we had to say i mean like um there are defense uh the connor timmons sign-ins murray being an absolute stud out there let us know tweet out at us um like subscribe follow us on twitter follow sdpn uh hit the bell notification i mean we're gonna be live what is it tomorrow is is the next game right uh, uh yeah, when's the yeah next we're game? gonna face off yeah tomorrow, tomorrow against the penguins oh fun matt murray flurry placing off against the penguins where they started off as well so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be good make sure you tune in for that um you can see all the different podcasts and all the different podcast platforms um so yeah, that's going to do here from us. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Early game. We got the rest of the day. To well. yeah, I know. I'm used to going to bed right after game. Over. I know. Maybe I might. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Peace. Bye. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.